like if you put a deer in mm. a field with mm. a fence around it and that deer never watches another deer jump a fence, oh, it, it doesn't realize that it is capable of jumping so wow. much higher. Welcome back, everyone, to the A Little More Courage podcast. Um, today, I am so excited. We have the honor and privilege of having a good friend, Quinn Tabor, on today. Quinn, you are one of the biggest dreamers that I've ever met. You recently received the Forbes 30 Under 30 Award so for cool. uh, your mm. company, Immerse, which you are the CEO and founder of, which is a virtual reality and language learning company with a mission. And I'm just so inspired by your life and so excited to have you on today just to have a conversation about what you've been up to and uh, how things are going. So thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks to both of you. This is a huge treat. Yeah, well, we just wanted to jump right in and start off with hearing a little bit about your story. Tell us where you're at, what you're doing now and where you've been. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's see. Starting at, I'm in San Francisco, run Immerse, we're Meta's preferred partner for language learning in the metaverse. It's kind of a crazy tagline. That's tag so cool. I know, yeah, we've got like 43 employees kind of based all over the wow. world, have big partnerships in places like Japan and Korea and Mexico. And uh, I was in Saudi Arabia like a month ago, meeting with the Ministry of Education. All of these like really fun, serendipitous, adventures, but I think it it really it connects more dots. When you know more of my background, my parents have worked both in faith-based work and like international development work in the Middle East and Africa. So as a kid, I grew up out there and mm-hmm. even both my sisters, they're really engaged in that part of the world. So it's kind of this family affair. I then, I went to Pepperdine, studied economics with the hope of getting into like some kind of economic development internationally. I spent three years working with Syrian refugees, actually, like fresh out of college Mm -hmm. and lived on the Syrian border, traveled to like 50 countries. And that's where I got the idea of like, wait, language learning. It's the key that unlocks access for so many people, both visas and education and employment and just life change overall in so many different facets. And it was right at the inflection point where VR was taking off. So that's kind of the like broad brush strokes of what leads me to thinking I was going to be living in like a Syrian refugee camp for a long time. And now I work in Silicon Valley <laughs> and hang out with tech executives. <laughs> so it's a, it's definitely been a, a roundabout, but fun adventure. That's so cool. I love that. Quinn, take us to like where you were at when you were serving overseas in the Middle East. Um, would love to hear just... Like one, why did you even go over there and serve and what were you doing? And then maybe share like an impactful story of that, like could give us an insight into what your time there was like. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So I think it starts with the philanthropist that I worked for, this Mm. amazing, godly, like at the time, 75 year old, big real estate developer who had done really well and committed both like a huge portion of his success and his net worth and a lot of his friends all committed together to giving particularly to the Middle East. And they wanted to work with partners on the ground that knew a lot of the NGO leadership and church leadership. So I, I was like, they're basically like frontline soldier 
living in the refugee Whoa. camps, wow. traveling, like I said, 50 countries, visited every major city in refugee camp from Morocco to Afghanistan, like kind of the full gamut of that region. And then we both either invested or donated to like 185 different organizations in the region. So getting to steward wow. that capital was something I was mm. really motivated by. But then I think mm. the day to day beyond like the financial impact and the uh, social impact, getting to live like day in and day out with six Syrian refugees. Wow. That was the, that was the life change for me. So I started mm. off living with a lot of the expats, like the Americans close to the embassy. And I'm like, that's not why I moved here. What the heck? <laughs> so yeah. moved into a refugee slum, lived with six guys from Syria and Iraq. Only one of them spoke English. That's how I ended wow. up really like accelerating my journey of learning Arabic, but getting to like do the day to day, breaking bread, watching their favorite soap operas, helping them apply <laughs> to then like get visas over to the US and Canada. Those are the, the like really the memories and the people that I carry with me. That's that's so cool. And Quinn, something that really stands out about your life, like you have started this company and it's really taking off. It's making such a huge impact in the world. And it's very abnormal to have such a big dream and just to go for it. Hmm. And before we were jumping on this podcast, I was, this is a very random analogy. Please. But I grew up on a farm in New Zealand. And yeah. I remember watching deer jump fences. And so like if you put a deer in mm. a field with mm. a fence around it and that deer never watches another deer jump a fence, oh, it, it doesn't realize that it is capable of jumping so wow. much higher. Like I remember mm. seeing this farmer and he had deer in a fence and it was like maybe two meters high, like not that high. Mm -hmm. And the deer never jumped out. But then you went down the road and there were deer that had their fence had to be like triple the height wow. because they knew they were capable of jumping it. And wow. I just wonder like where for you you're a big dreamer did you yeah. watch other people like to go with the analogy jump the yeah. fence or was it something that you were like i'm gonna start this company hmm. and i'm gonna send it like how did hmm. you realize that hmm. you could jump this fence hmm. and then also the second question to that would be what would you say to somebody that yeah. is wanting to dream bigger but doesn't even know how to oh hmm. my gosh oh i, I both love that <laughs> That metaphor, and I'm, I have so many different answers to the question. I think it's both a mix of like, yes, I very much had the mentors and the example of the fence jumpers. I think it starts with my parents. Like they, they moved to the Middle East in the 80s to support refugees wow. and religious asylum Whoa. seekers. So it's like that part was baked into our DNA. But then I think at each juncture, often how... This was probably baked into our family identity as well, though. Often how I wanted to make decisions is like, what required the most faith? And maybe like a synonym being like, what requires right. the most courage? And that will end up being one that. way or another, the life that's most worth living, despite the hardship mm. and the challenges that'll come with it. So I, even thinking oh, through the like, so oh, I could go straight into like the investment banking job that I just got offered or the biggest uh, humanitarian crisis is going on right now in Syria what if I just commit a year or two? And that's the one that will take so much more courage. I think it's the same with starting a company, huge amount of courage and faith required. Mm -hmm. I think there were a number of mentors that I had seen do it in some way, shape or form and had them say, Quinn, even though you aren't going to know what the heck you're doing, 
for probably years, the only way is to dive in. Like that's that's the only mm. way to really get yeah. educated and like yeah, build the experience you need. So I think if I were to answer the second part of your question, I think it really is like seek out the example and the mentor that is a fence jumper. And, but two thirds of it, three quarters of it is honestly between you and God, like asking for yeah. the courage and the faith to take the leap because that's the hard part. That's the part that like, even today I'm six years in and I'm like, how did I get here? Like, yeah. <laughs> do I have another day in me? I'm like, yeah, yes, I do. Here we go. Like time to, time to muster up some more courage. Wow. I love that perspective. It's so funny because what brought me first to New Zealand is my mom sitting down and saying like, I was trying to decide if I want to stay in New Zealand or, or sorry, what first brought me to America yeah. was my mom saying, Riley, you could stay in New Zealand or you could move to America, but choose the decision that requires the most courage. Yeah. And I just, I love that. That's mm. like our heart behind why mm. we even started this podcast mm-hmm. is like, Courage writes great stories and life is so precious and Mm. like give the pen to courage. But what what did it look like in those moments where I'm sure starting this company that there are moments where like maybe failure is happening or odds are against you and you're having to push through. What did you do in those moments and how did you like have the hope to keep going? Hmm. Yeah, man. Oh, it's another good one. I almost want to like ask you both. My answer right now (laughs) is I enjoy looking back, like yeah. either the the journals or the moments or the conversations I've had where I mm. first felt called to take the leap and mm. like really stare at that moment and be yeah. reminded of how deeply I believed it and felt it in my soul. And mm. that one can often be almost that adrenaline shot of like, yes, I was called to do this. Like this is, of course, this is the journey yeah. I'm supposed to be on. So almost building... I like if you were to look at my journals, I try to almost build these little memorials around the moment of like, okay, how can I go back here and revisit it and like regalvanize that inspiration? So I think that's, that's been a big one for me. I think probably the only other ones that really like leap to mind are so much of my day-to-day encouragement comes from other fence jumpers or other faith mm. leapers or whatever you want to call it. And yeah. I just, I want to surround myself by those types of people. I think that was part of even why I wanted to move to San Francisco so bad is I wanted to be around people my age that were taking the leap often. I'm like, okay, their second mm. company just crashed and burned and they're starting a third. Like that's so <laughs> epic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But even like, if you look at uh, the types of friends that like me and Jack have in common, Adam Goff, total like entrepreneur at heart, Big dreamer. And if I'm feeling down, even though he's in a totally different path or different industry, I'll call him and hear what he's dreaming about and the crazy projects he's spinning up. And I'm like, that's what it's about. Like, yes, (laughs) you don't know it, but that was a little like fire I needed to kind of take on the next day. That's really cool. And even I think of somebody who might be listening to this right now and doesn't have friends like that. I would just encourage you, it no sounds so simple, but pray for them. And something that I do that it's kind of a random practice, but it's honestly been really helpful for me is I write letters to my future self. I wrote, I just recently signed a book deal and I wrote a letter for that moment when I had signed a book deal. Hmm. And this is back, I'd written it two years ago when unbeknowing to me in a year from then was going to get multiple rejection letters from publishing houses. Hmm. Um, And then a year after was 
finally going to get a deal. But I didn't know in that moment what I was going to go through. But I just mm. was like writing a letter for that moment that I had wow. to believe was going to happen. Oh, but yeah. Jack, I know I'm turning it to you, but like, yeah. what have you done to like keep hope? Like, yeah, please. you're also a business owner and mm-hmm. like I've have the honor of watching you day to day and it's fun. And then there's hard moments. How have you kept being like, mm-hmm. I'm going to persevere through this. Yeah, good. I love that. I, I love what you were saying, Quinn of remembering. And it's really cool because that's what a mentor told me a long time ago. If you don't know what to do, like go back to the last time you heard from God, the yeah. last like word that you received and then start from there on what has he spoken. And even in the Bible, like it talks, if you read through the old Testament, There's such a big theme of God saying, remember, like, remember what I did. And because the Israelites are constantly like forgetting and then operating out of a lack of faith. And they're like, we need to build this golden calf or do something Mm. um, instead of remembering how good God was and the things that he's done. And so I love what you were saying, Quinn, because I do the same thing of Mm. like, I go back for me in running a business uh, over the last three, four years, there've been a lot of low points, like very low points where I've had to be, where it hasn't felt like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I've been like, man, I want to jump ship. But then I also go back and I look at, no, this is the moment where the Lord spoke Mm. to me and said, this is what I'm to be doing. And Mm. I get re-encouraged as well through Mm. that. And and I think that that's such a common thing in faith. We can have these like really big highs, like you go on a weekend (laughs) retreat or a camp or you have this amazing prayer time and then it can like just like one day later you're forgetting what just happened and so i think it's a spiritual practice to remember Mm. what god Mm. has done in our lives and to write these stories that weave together like the work of god Mm. in our lives Mm. yeah i had this i went to fuller seminary which (laughs) didn't you also yeah totally that's so i love that and i had a professor who said on fridays he remembers death Hmm. And I was like, what? (laughs) What he was saying is like, we're all on this path of life. And like death itself is inevitable. But in the remembrance of death, you realize the preciousness of life. And he like uses, he remembers something every day, Mm. like sits, spends some time like Mm. thinking about something. And on Fridays, it's death, which I was like, that's dramatic. But he lives such a full life. Yeah. Uh, I was also thinking as Jack was talking about seeds, like you plant a seed and for so long the seed is in darkness, but the seed has to keep pushing through and pushing through and like growing and then finally imagining that moment when it breaks the earth and it comes into life. We're like the people that are listening Mm. right now where it feels like you're that seed in darkness. Mm. Like, I just want to encourage you, like, keep going, keep Mm -hmm. growing, keep pushing because there's going to be that Mm. moment when you're going to break through. And it's not even then you may not yet be producing fruit, but you're yet showing like Mm. your calling or your dream to the Mm. world. Yeah, Mm. I love that. Another, Another thing too is celebrating the wins. Like when they do come, Even if it's small, and this is something that Riley, you're so good at, like (laughs) Riley always Mm. wants like the most childlike celebration. And she voices one thing that's really Mm. cool is she's good at voicing, like, hey, when I get this book deal, I really want to be celebrated, Mm. like in a childlike way. I wanted Mm. like balloons. Yeah, balloons. And a poster. 
after. Oh, absolutely. I knew she was like going to come home. I went to Target, got all her favorite candies and like made a big sign and streamers through the house. And I think that that's so important too. Like even if they're small wins, Hmm. I'd love to hear Quinn for you. How have you Hmm. celebrated like your wins in the business Hmm. and and just your career? Hmm. Oh man. If anything, I would probably be more truthful to say that that's something I'm working on. <laughs> yeah. And it's something that I, I'm really thankful that I've got some teammates that I think that comes a little more natural to them. And mm-hmm. even in the last couple of months recognized the, like, I think in to-do lists and timelines and milestones yeah. and I can go three months and maybe we'll have like, we'll hit 80, 90% of our goals And I instantly then just start planning the next one. And then to have a teammate say like, Quinn, wait a second, we hit quota. Or look, we onboarded this massive client. Like, wouldn't it be great if we paused and were grateful and celebrated the teammates that did it? So that's, it's become like a more recent focus of mine. So we now like in our all hands, it's like the company wide meeting. We do it in VR actually. So everyone's in their VR headsets and it's like amazing. We'll do it like at Santorini or on Mars or these like really cool virtual (laughs) spaces. And we now end every call with literally all that we call it is celebration. And it's 10 minutes of folks voluntarily like kind of popcorning around celebrating someone else that they saw Um, hit a goal or a milestone and i think if you were to ask any of our teammates they'd probably say that has been like the number one boost to morale and gratitude and camaraderie so yes i think that's like a key both like spiritual practice and leadership practice that i am focused on right now And as you were talking, I was thinking, you get things done. Like, you're like, we're going to set these goals. We're going to get oh, it's them done. game time. How, totally. What, I know that this is kind of an out-of-the-box question, but I actually really think this is really going to be really helpful. But what is something you do practically that helps you get things done? Hmm. Like, imagine yeah, totally. somebody who's wanting to start a business and they're oh, like, so many. I want to yeah. set goals. Like, do you, yeah. Monday morning, you're writing a list of your goals or yeah, what's one totally. thing that you do? Oh man. Oh, okay. One thing is hard. Uh, like we have, no, 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 totally. Yeah. 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 So we definitely, we have like a system called objectives and key results at a company level that we use. That's super powerful. And I like highly, highly recommend it. I think for me, it's maybe the thing I've been working on the most lately is time blocking and making sure that if there's like one, two or three things I need to get accomplished that day, I put on the calendar and I do not disturb during that time. Because I've, I'm good. just always getting inundated with like, oh, here's the Slack ping and here's the email and oh, yeah. this investor wants to yeah. talk. So I'm I'm fighting for my own attention. <laughs> and so is everyone else. <laughs> but I think that one is, that's probably the biggest thing in the last like recent past. I'm like, okay, here's a two hour block of focus work and I need to get these three things done before I <laughs> like exhume, I leave that focus time and then can start yeah. kind of putting out fires. I use something called the Pomodoro technique. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard no. of it, but it's it's super simple. You just set a timer for 25 minutes and you're focused on one thing oh, and you're cool. not getting distracted. That's and cool. it's helped me write like that's chapters so of a book. Just wow. sitting there and being like 25 minutes, I'm focused in. Yeah, that's, that's good. so good. Yeah. I've, I'm curious, Quinn, on that, what you would say, like for me, when I first heard about what you were doing with Immerse, it was like, this is such a big vision yeah. at the beginning. Like it was before VR was even really yeah. a popular thing or something that many people knew about. And you were like, I want to start 
a virtual reality language learning company. <laughs> totally. And when you would say that, people, like I'm that. sure they'd be like, okay, that's okay, cool. Quinn. But it sounds so far out there. And I, I do think that's one of your like biggest gifts is being able to have such big vision and then to break it down practically. Hmm. I'm curious what you would say to the person. I'm sure we have people listening that as they've been listening, they're like, I have this dream, whether it's a business or hmm. to write a book or some kind hmm. of uh, organization or something hmm. that they want to become more of. Hmm. What advice would you give to that person who's hmm. like at the starting grounds hmm. for how to cast vision, but then also hmm. practically how to begin hmm. movement? Hmm. Oh man, it's another one that I've, I've like a dozen thoughts just leap through my mind. I think the one that I've been thinking about recently that I'm enjoying a lot is at the end of the day, the best leaders, like either you call it the best salespeople or like I would almost call it the best like evangelists for their vision. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this interesting switch that happens when you go from like keeping that vision to yourself or maybe just one or two friends to actually forcing yourself to tell everyone about it. Mm, what are like the natural things that happens one accountability now the whole world is watching you like oh my gosh riley just told me that she signed a book she better come out the book like (laughs) i don't know (laughs) if that book doesn't exist in a year or two like i know and i'm gonna i'm gonna text you like when's the book coming tell everyone (laughs) accountability i think when there is like a especially like a unique vision anything that has like a risk of like failing failing you actually, by telling people, you just get amazing market research, like on the fly, constantly. Like I, I could tell you so many random convos where we were f- dreaming about VR language learning and someone would be like, oh, well, let's talk about it for five minutes. And they'd somehow stumble across a piece of advice that I never would have expected. And it's like, because wow. I tell everyone. So I think once you are successful, your main job will be to be the, the evangelist, to continue to like fundraise and sell and cast vision. So you might as well just get started today. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. It's interesting because it's it's such a vulnerable thing. Like when we have dreams, it can often feel like so close to our heart. And I remember for me, like a long time ago when I had a shift as well of beginning to speak a vision, like I have people that know me well know that I have this dream that I've had for like six or seven years of having a camp and retreat Hmm. center. Hmm. And it's still in this phase of like, I speak it and share it a lot and it still feels vulnerable. It's like, totally because I don't know what the next step is, but Hmm. for me, I have, it has been cool to see as you speak a dream Hmm. and as you speak a vision, people around you coming to like encourage Hmm. and give ideas. And so I would just encourage to anyone who's listening, if you're listening to this right now and something is coming to mind for you, share it with someone like right now or right after this podcast, like shoot someone a text or an audio message or give someone a call and be like, Hey, I just want to share with you. Hmm. I've had this dream and I don't know how I'm going (laughs) to get there or what I'm going to do, but this is something that I'm really passionate about. And I want to like take a step. And so today take that first step of just sharing with someone like Mm -hmm. Quinn is saying, because it's so powerful when we invite other people in because you'll find that more people than not actually want to support you and encourage you and figure out they know someone who knows someone who can help you meet the person that is going to be able to open the door for you to accomplish your dream or vision. Mm. So I just encourage you to take that seriously. It reminds me on the other side of the coin, if someone's sharing a vision with you Mm. to like Jack crushes it on this. Like (laughs) if anyone like shares a vision, no matter if he doesn't understand it or not, or like, (laughs) you know, if it's your area of expertise, he's like, let's go. Like, do it. Go, go, go. And it's like so good to have 
to be a dream champion of others. And it reminds me of like, I remember probably a decade ago studying first interpretation theory. And it's just the Mm. idea that like when we first hear of something, we form a lot of opinions about it. Like it's like 80% of our opinions are formed the first time we hear about something. Mm. But like, imagine being someone you're sharing that dream and the first person, if you get the honor of being the first person to respond, Mm. they get to like, they're going to form decisions of whether they want to carry this out or not. That's why it's so precious to be like, let's go. Like, even if you don't understand, you're like, this is a amazing tell me more like even having high energy as we speak to that person so they feel Mm. good because they're forming an opinion about Mm. like as we're saying like is this worth it Mm. like we're we're Mm. asking people around us should i go for Mm. this and that's Mm. often why we share we're like will you hold me accountable to this and can you affirm like this Mm. is good Mm. (laughs) wow guys i'm loving it oh i'm in such agreement i think what popping to mind or going through my heart is that Interestingly, on one hand, the more you share your vision, the more it that vision in confidence grows. But what's interesting is like I dream about what I want to do after Immerse one day. And interestingly, I actually would say I deal with the same insecurities that I did when I first started Immerse. I think that human reality exists for everyone, no matter whether it's their first adventure or venture whether second or third. It's like right now, I talk about it with my wife all the time. I'm like, babe, what if we sold a Merce, made a little bit of money and invested in these far off tech ecosystems like Kenya or Israel mm, or yeah. India and just like up and moved our family out there once we have kids. Like wow. how crazy would that be? I love that. But like for yeah. me to share that, I hear myself say it, I get a little nervous. I'm like, oh, what if they're going to think I'm like dumb or crazy or like it's yeah. a terrible <laughs> idea. So I think for a lot of folks, I'm like, all that you can do is pray on it, like ask for the faith and just start casting the vision. Like just force yeah, yourself to start putting it out into the world. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's so good. Quinn, you're such a fun person. Like you, you're good at having these big vision dreams. But then like, I remember the first time I met you was seven or eight years ago. Yeah. We ended up with a group uh, going cliff jumping <laughs> at like two in the <laughs> morning, in the morning. <laughs> in totally, County, totally. Like, and just like totally figuring yeah. it out. And You've always just had this sense of wild adventure. As we close, I'd love to just ask you, what's like a fun recent Mm. dream that you did or like something Mm. fun and random Mm. that you did? Man, a couple actually. So (laughs) we got flown out and I brought my wife and one of our best pals to Saudi Arabia. So many adventures there. Oh, I'm just saying if I should pick that one. I'll tell you the other one that's even more like loony. My 30th birthday is coming up and- I'm like, oh, what should I do? Like, what's what's something I've always wanted to do that I never could convince enough people to come do with me? So I looked up on Verbo and we rented a chateau in the French countryside like less than two months ago. And if you have <laughs> enough people come, it's super cheap. It was like 45 bucks a night. But all you have to do is no convince way. 25 no people way. to come. Totally. So sure I enough, I'm like, that. babe, let's just throw it on the credit card and like see if we can convince people. <laughs> And fast forward, I technically my 30th birthday is next week, but I convinced people like a month and a half ago to come out for my like 30th birthday summer or whatever. We had like 25 people come and we were dressed up in like Marie Antoinette garb and we were dancing in the garden and jumping in the pool and it was hilarious. And like if one person tried to do it, it would have been way too expensive. But same thing, once you just kind of throw the vision into the world, I'm like 25 people leaped and it was so so iconic it was really fun i love that that's amazing quinn well thank you so much for joining us today 
and uh, just encouraging us about your dreams and, and how to dream big. And we want to encourage anyone mm. that's listening to take that first step. Last thing is, Quinn, where can people find you? I know you have first. Yeah. This is where people can yeah, begin learning totally. languages. But yeah, tell us. Yep, can I'm the only Quinn Tabor on the internet. So type in my name, <laughs> Quinn with two N's, T-A-B-E-R. I'm like most active on Instagram and LinkedIn and a little bit of TikTok. And yeah, in theory, Facebook for my grandma. So <laughs> That's those are my main places. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Of yeah, course. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. This is a treat. 